Hello and welcome to another MLB edition of the DFS Today podcast, which is brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Joe Rico, and I'll be your host here. For those of you who are unfamiliar with me, I am already the host of the Fantasy MLB Today podcast, also for the Sports Ethos platform. And now with the NBA really winding down to a close here for the season, we are into the second round. At the end of the second round here of the NBA playoffs, we're going to be giving you some MLB shows periodically on this channel as well to keep your brains in the DFS mode during what is generally considered to be the DFS offseason. Specifically, in the NBA and the NHL, they're going to be gone, so you're just going to have uh, baseball DFS until the NFL starts. So I would really encourage you to do some DFS stuff here. Just to keep your mind in that kind of uh, fantasy points mode, I guess, if you're just someone who plays fantasy basketball, perhaps, and you're just venturing into baseball now, this is a good way to keep you sharp every day and let you know uh, how the trends are going. And even with DFS, it does help you on a season-long basis. It does help you just to keep your mind in that kind of mode of what to look for. And there's a lot of overlap between DFS stuff and streaming options. So if there's a very good streamer, for a particular day, specifically pitchers, they tend to be good DFS plays. Not always. There are some, obviously, some variables there depending on price and matchup and whatnot. But generally, there is a little bit of overlap between the season long and the daily stuff. So without further ado, we're going to get into some uh, general wisdom here regarding tonight's DFS lineups. Usually I start with pitchers that I'm going to be targeting. Uh, tonight I'm going to start with a pitcher who I will be avoiding quite a bit and also targeting the lineup who he'll be facing tonight. And that'll be Aaron Sanchez for the Washington Nationals. Now, he is off to a very poor start. On the surface, the numbers are not very good. And when you dive a little bit deeper, they're also not really good. So let's dig into Aaron Sanchez a little bit here. Uh, He has totaled for the season under 18 fantasy points across his three outings. Really tough stuff there, obviously. He had .9 his last time out. 15.6 the time before, which was his best outing of the year, and 0.7 fantasy points the outing before that. So he's obviously not somebody we're interested here on the pitching side, but let's dive into why he's an attractive option to deploy lineups against tonight. So yes, the six earned runs the last time out was pretty tough. It was at Coors Field, so even if we are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there, when you look deeper into uh, the baseball savant numbers, the stat cast numbers, there are really nothing. There's nothing really there that really too appealing. And in fact, a lot of what you're seeing makes you want to deploy players against him. So, the first thing is that he is in the bottom one percent for average exit velocity. He gives up the hardest hit balls in baseball. Uh, he's in that bottom one percent anyway. Average exit velocity and hard hit percentage. So teams are hitting the ball very hard against Aaron Sanchez. Strikeout percentage is very low, and his whiff percentage is also very low. So there's not a lot of swing and miss. People are putting the ball in play against him, and when they put it in play, they're putting it in play very hard. So that right there, those numbers are massive red flags in terms of if anybody is thinking about streaming Aaron Sanchez tonight or using him in DFS, it's a hard no. Yes, the price of $26, he's verging on the pitcher minimum there. But you can't really take the chance. Uh, And I don't think many people would be, but if there is any kind of thought of a contrarian play for Aaron Sanchez, I would strongly advise against it. The fastball velocity is very low, as well as the spin. So he's not fooling people. The expected batting average is also very high. There is really none of the advanced stats look very good here. The only one is that he's not walking too many people, 
and the barrel percentage is fairly high, uh, or his percentile anyways, in the 94th percentile for barrels. So while he does give up a lot of hard hits, they're not typically barreled, which is just the um, ideal exit velocity mixed with launch angle, I believe. That's how they calculate the barrel percentage. So while they are being hit hard, they're not being barreled up. That is one small piece of comfort there. But on the whole, especially going up against a very tough Mets lineup who has been one of the better in baseball, specifically now with the resurgence of Francisco Lindor, they have looked really fantastic. And this is not someone who I'm going to be too interested in deploying against them, Aaron Sanchez. So I have actually, in a couple of the lineups that I've set for tonight already, I am stacking Mets. So your Pete Alonzo's, your Jeff McNeil's, your Lindor's, your Mark Canha's, your Brandon Nimmo's, those are guys who are going to be very valuable. Even J.D. Davis, should he get the start, I'd feel very comfortable in using pretty much all of these guys. Now, there are a couple of other options here in terms of lineups who I think will probably have pretty good nights. The St. Louis lineup is due, uh, I believe, a little bit here against Spencer Watkins to really unleash. Now, uh, the numbers aren't so bad for Watkins as they are in terms of Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez is really one of the one of the worst pitchers to this point in baseball, just based on his advanced statistics from what I've seen. Uh, really one of the rougher pages to look at. And Spencer Watkins is not maybe quite as bad, but he's still been really, really bad. So the expected ERA, uh, expected slugging percentage, his strikeouts, his chase rates, everything is pretty low. And he's in the bottom 10 or 15 percentiles across major leagues in pretty much everything. The only thing where he's kind of excelling in is the spin rate on his fastball. And that's a small comfort when that's the only thing that you're able to really do at a higher level, especially going up against a very powerful St. Louis lineup here. So your Paul Goldschmidt's, your Nolan Arenado's, um, Tommy Edmonds, those are going to be guys who I feel very confident deploying tonight. Maybe not so much Tyler O'Neill with how he has struggled, but honestly, at the price of $16 here, it's still somewhat appealing to me. But when really diving into these numbers uh, for Watkins and for Sanchez, it seems pretty clear that these are the guys who you should be targeting uh, when you're building your lineups tonight. You should be putting in as many St. Louis Cardinals as possible and as many New York Mets uh, players as possible. Now, are there outliers? Are there is there a chance that Sanchez goes and has a crazy game? For sure. We saw it last night with Reed Detmers, right? If you listen to my show from yesterday, Reed Detmers was not somebody that I was recommending. And if you go across the industry, uh, you'd be hard-pressed probably to find anybody who thought Reed Detmers would have a great outing, let alone throw a no-hitter. So yes, outliers do happen when diving into the numbers. The most likely outcome for me seems that neither of these guys are going to have a particularly good outing. And I would really be looking to target Mets and Cardinals in your lineups against them. Now, the funny thing is, I believe the two ideal pitchers tonight are also going to be for the Mets and the Cardinals. There is a little bit of wiggle room here. There are a couple of good options, mostly at the top. Once you're getting below the $40 line here on, on Yahoo, you're not really looking uh, for too much value here. Most of the options are going to be the higher end guys. My preferred option for the evening is Tyler McGill. Uh, no question about it here. He has yet to go less than five innings at any given start, and he has scored at least 22 fantasy points in every start except for one. And he had a bit of a tougher outing against San Francisco earlier in the year, where he still managed to go six innings, but he did give up four runs, and it did hinder him a little bit there. He gets a fantastic matchup here against Washington, where I'm not really doubting that he'll be able to get back on track 
not that he was bad last time around. He gave up three earned runs and struck out nine. But I'm hoping that we'll see something fairly similar to what we saw in his first start of the year, which was also at Nationals Park, where he went five innings, gave up three hits, and struck out six. So I'm very confident in using Tyler McGill tonight. The price of $43 here will definitely not break the bank. And I think that he's going to be one of the better options, if not the best option here to use in terms of pitchers. Now, a couple of guys I'm going to be not really too interested in, but they're also pretty solid plays here is Shane McClanahan and Shohei Otani. And the reason being that they're both going up against each other again. Uh, they'll be facing each other here. But it is kind of uh, a risky play in terms of their matchups. So the Angels and the, the Rays both have very good lineups, and I'm not really going to be as interested in them. Now, I kind of did break off here. I said the Cardinals and the Mets did have the most preferred pitchers of the day. The pitcher for St. Louis, who I'm talking about here, is Miles Mikolas. He has had, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Mikolas or Mikolas. I'm not really 100% sure. Uh, I've heard it go both ways. And I haven't listened to many Cardinals broadcasts, so maybe I need to listen to a little bit of a Cardinals broadcast to get the, the full proper pronunciation there. Those of you who listen to my show, uh, you know that I have been known to butcher names here. So apologies there for what likely is a butchering of his name. Whatever, however you pronounce it, I think it's Mikolas, but we'll call him Miles for our purposes here to avoid any more uh, mix-ups on my half. I think that he is arguably the best play tonight. I still lean McGill, but with how good Mikolas has been and how he has done against poorer teams this year, uh, specifically Arizona and Miami, I have no, no problem here believing that he'll have a good start against Baltimore. Very poor team in Baltimore. Yes, they're better than maybe expected, and they have had some success with guys like Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes have had very good starts to their season. However, I'm not too worried here about Nicholas. I think overall, uh, he's one of the safer plays. When you're looking across the whole board here in terms of pitching options for tonight, there's no one I really feel better about than McGill and Nicholas. And if we keep going down, you have Nate Eovaldi for $44. He's a fine play, a little bit on the pricier side on the road against a tough Atlanta team. So that's why we're kind of staying away from him there. And that's pretty much it in terms of anybody that I'd give any kind of recommendation on. Once you get below $40 here, there's really not anybody who's too, too interesting. Ian Anderson might be the only exception there at $39 going up against the Boston Red Sox. Even he is a kind of an iffy one for me. Uh, I'd be okay with him. I'd be all right with him if you want to save a couple of bucks there. I don't think he'll get hurt too badly the way the Red Sox have struggled to this point in the season. But he's not going to be someone that I'm really recommending here. Once you get below him, there's really nobody to recommend. And will one of these guys, priced $35 and below, probably have a good night? There might be one mixed in there, but it's going to be a very low percentage chance of that. And it'll probably just be like closing your eyes and throwing a dart at the wall and seeing where it sticks to determine who will have a good outing here between Chris Archer, Jose Urquidy, uh, Aaron Sanchez. I really, really would doubt that it would be Aaron Sanchez. Uh, Joey Wentz, Spencer Watkins, and Matt Bush. You might be able to scrape one good start between those guys, and trying to predict in advance who it's going to be is very tough. So we're going to go with more safe plays tonight, McGill and Mikolas. And I think it makes a ton of a, sense, uh, a hell of a lot of sense here to put Mets and Cardinals in your lineup. So I have seen uh, a lot of Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor in my lineups that I've been setting so far, as well as Tommy Edmond and Nolan Arenado. So those are definitely the preferred targets for tonight. If we keep looking across the board here, just at some other little nice value plays, Ramon Laureano is an interesting play. And yeah, he struggled his first three games back from his suspension. 
Yesterday, uh, in their doubleheader, in the second half of the doubleheader, he went two for four and scored a run. So hoping that he can maybe break out a little bit there. And I like the matchup here against Joey Wentz. Not that I know too, too much about Joey Wentz, but I am always a sucker for the lefty-righty matchup. So I I like Loriano here, uh, especially, you know, coming off the two-hit game yesterday. I think he can keep that momentum going and really start to get back to where he was pre-suspension because he was a very good player pre-suspension. And this $14 price tag, I would imagine it goes up and up and up. So while it is low here, uh, I'd be inclined to take advantage of it while he is that cheap. Another interesting play here is MJ Melendez, who who knows where he'll be playing today in the field. They had him in right yesterday, a position that he'd only played 19 innings of at AAA. He is a catcher, MJ Melendez. He, he's a catcher. Uh, with Salvador Perez there, though, they've had to try and find other ways for him in the lineup. You'd figure DH would be probably where he'd be, a catcher platoon in DH, but they stuck him in right. So for those of you who play season-long fantasy, a nice little tidbit there. He may have outfielder eligibility as well as his catcher eligibility. It would just be icing on the cake there. For someone who's already looked pretty good so far uh, in his six games, he's registered five hits. So I, I really like what we've seen from him so far. And the one game he came into, I believe he was a uh, defensive replacement or something like that. And he didn't have an at-bat. So he actually has a hit in all five of his games where he did have uh, a plate appearance. And he's someone at $9 tonight who I feel is a really good option, a really cheap option. Uh, you guys who have listened to me in the past know that I'm not a huge... Um, there's never really any catchers for me that really move the needle too much here. You might get lucky from time to time and maybe hit on a Sal Perez or a Travis Darno. And they might hit a home run for you. On the whole, you're typically not getting a ton of production from the catching slot. But Melendez here, I definitely like for the price. Very cheap, uh, $9 here. The minimum salary here on Yahoo is 7 So for $9, I have no problem using him there. Guys, that is going to pretty much do it for us today. Uh, sorry for the lack of shows these last couple of days. Life has just gotten in the way a little bit. But we'll try and be more consistent here, especially uh, once the NBA season is over. There will be no other sports except for baseball. That'll be it, guys. So hopefully you guys are already enjoying the baseball season. If you're not, then maybe you can get into it either on the DFS side or maybe you can have a late draft uh, full season league with some friends or whatever. Because you can still draft teams at any point, really. And now you have a bit of a clear picture on who is going to be giving you what kind of value. So I know some people who have done their drafts a little bit later. This is We're getting into pretty late territory here, but... You can still start a league at any point, really. I'd recommend it for you guys who have nothing else going on, who are big fantasy fans. At least play some DFS, if not join maybe a friendly league, just to keep your mind in the fantasy mode. While we kind of run out of sports for the year, the NHL is coming to an end soon, and the NBA is coming to an end soon. And until we have a National Football League coming back in August-ish, August-September area, when you start really paying attention to that, uh, baseball is pretty much all we got. So hoping you guys are enjoying these shows. I hope you guys uh, like the breakdowns. Hit me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. It's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit me there with any questions, comments, concerns regarding this show or my other show, or just if you want to talk sports in general, preferably baseball, but I'll take questions on any given sport. Even if you want to ask me about the French Open or whatever, if you want to talk anything, I'm pretty well versed in all areas of sport. So go ahead, give me a follow there and send any questions, comments, concerns or whatever my way. And we'll try and address them and try and make the show exactly what you guys want to see going forward here. So thank you for those of you who have listened. We'll see you again tomorrow for another episode. Cheers.